voice, music, talk, and nothing but business with your hosts, Chris Natalie and Nick Michaels. Hello everyone and welcome to the Cosmic Voice. This is Minicast 8. I am here with my co-host Chris Natalini. Yo! And I am Mick Michaels. If you're looking how to go about booking stuff, I've had this question asked to me multiple. How did you do it? And how did you do it? There's no magic solution to it. There's no one way to do it. If you've booked a show in your local town, you could book mm-hmm. a show overseas. It just may yep. take a little longer. You throw mm-hmm. as many at the wall as you can. And like we talked about in other episodes, you have to present yourself in a way that seems enticing that these people go, yeah, I want to have this band here. You know, I want to yeah. yeah. have, have them perform. And you be polite and you're going to get no's. All it takes is one. You score the That's first it. one, the rest of them you start building. Because once somebody takes a chance on you, somebody else will go, oh, well, they're, they're only playing. Yeah, well, we can bring them in. Why not? You know, yeah, they're already here. They're, they're already, already you know, here. They're Why here. not? They're in the concert you know? over in the area. Yep. Yep. That's how it happens. You're going to have people, you know, I mean, there's always the naysayers. Listen, in every industry, there's naysayers. It's just the way it goes, right? There's even naysayers within the industry. You know, people that are doing it themselves and will say, no, nah, you can't do that. You can't do that. Listen, you can do anything you put your mind to it. And you can do it however you want to do it. Is everything going to be, you know, the kiss end of the road tour? No. I mean, but is that what you're looking to do, right? It depends on what you're looking to do. Right, right. If you're you're looking to get your feet wet, you know what I mean, get it rolling, have that on your resume, well, man, you can do it. And uh, more power to you because it really is an exciting thing. Not every band gets to do it. Every band should do it. They should have that opportunity, you know, get that music out there, have that experience. I'm a firm believer, man, if you're going to do it, you just do it. What's the worst thing that can happen? Nothing. I mean, it not happened. That's yeah. the worst thing. That right. If you don't, yeah. if you just and at that point, you never did it. So it doesn't matter if it, you know what I mean? Like you're not losing much except for, you know, a little time and energy. Exactly. So uh, here, I'll give you an example. The first time doing the Europe tour, it took me 10 months to put it together. Mm-hmm. And that's with the learning curve, mm-hmm. right? It's making the connections and all. What I realized midway through is that European bookers don't want to make too early of a commitment they don't mind booking a couple weeks before that's what i learned i also learned that there are specific times you definitely don't want to travel say germany belgium the netherlands those type of areas upper part of italy poland simply because (coughs) from june to august ain't nobody around Right. They're on vacation, uh, they're holiday, they're traveling the world, or they're at the other side of the country during festival time. Yeah, so, exactly. Yep. So some yep. venues aren't open, or they're yeah. in small capacity, not really booking anybody but local, because they, don't, because they right. know they're not going to have the numbers. You have to find the time that works best for you. Now, again, if that time is that time, you make it work. I did mm-hmm. an August tour in Europe. I made it work. I did 10 days. It was very successful. There was a lot of things I had to jump through because it was festival season. There was places that I couldn't get into that I wanted to, unfortunately, because the venues were not open during that time. Right. But the dates were already scheduled. I was in. I did whatever I had to do to make it work out. And I'm still very excited when I think about you know what we were able to accomplish Absolutely. in such a short time. When I did the UK tour, I did it in three months. And I did it after being told I'd never be able to do it in three months. Right. You know what I mean? They said, right. I had some bigger wigs tell me it's never going to be able to happen. You can't do it. I said, well, 
if I'm going to go down, I'm going to go down fighting in a blaze of glory. Where are you at, John? Cue the, cue the guitar. Richie, no, where are you, true. buddy? Come back. Anyway. And it's true. And, and you know, if, if I could be a little sentimental here, like, that was the one thing, I, like, I was so proud of you guys that, you know, because you guys were being told you couldn't do it in three months. And you guys left as the as the world was shutting down. down yeah. You guys, everybody, because I remember when you guys posted on Facebook, everybody's like, are they really going overseas? I'm like, hell yeah, they are, as they should be. That's right. And, uh, you know, and you guys you guys were able to do a couple dates. But I, I think the big thing out of that was when people were actually telling you it wouldn't do it. And you guys did it, man. And that's that's killer. I, I, I love that story. We really put our nose to the grindstone there, and, and we wanted to make it happen. Because, again, it wasn't necessarily about proving people wrong, though I, sometimes that could be a fuel. It was something that we felt strongly that we wanted to do it. And it had been something that we had talked about most of the year in 2019 as we were doing it's like man we should you know this is something we should do something we should do and if the band feels strongly about it and everyone's on the same page you can't it's like the stars aligned right because yeah, yeah how yeah, many yeah, times yeah. in a band are people at odds now i don't want that i don't want this we should do this yeah we should, you know yeah. there's not many times people everybody's on the same page yeah and so yeah, it was yeah. one of those things and and again when we were putting this together we really had no idea about that any of this was going to happen and and no, you know of course not. and when of we not. you know that thursday night or wednesday night before whatever it was and you know they said well there's a travel ban but not uk there was like a giant sigh of relief and a cheer and we're like we're going <laughs> and uh you know and that's what we did and then you know just uh, four days later we're going home so <laughs> but, but we did it we had fish and chips and we enjoyed it Exactly. You know, exactly. But exactly. Um, it was a learning experience, and we made the most of it. And so this is another thing. When you're there, make the most of it. Expand your contacts. Be as professional as you can. Have them want you to come back, right? Give yep. them a reason. Why should they pick your band over some other band to come back, right? So make that part of your tour package that you're giving them impeccable service impeccable manners whatever you want to call it you can't go there and become a nightmare and be an embarrassment to the band to your country or to whatever right because that just puts a mark not maybe on you but on future bands as well i mean that's not your job and i realize some people go well what's the difference it's not my problem you know what i mean once i'm going on it really is how you conduct yourself it's just like anything else we've talked about this before this is a business this is your employment and you can look at it any way you want. Oh, it's a hobby. This is a bucket list. This is something I'm just, you know, I do because my buddies are going. Listen, if you're doing it, this is some type of an employment. Whether you're being paid in cash, or you're being paid in enjoyment. If you're being paid in, you know, you, you fill in the blanks. Um, right. You know, whatever. That's an exchange of something. And it should be treated with the highest respect. Because, again, like I said earlier, not every band gets to do it. This is a personal true story. I only told this to the guys in the band. We fly into Germany. We fly, We flew in midway to the to the country, right? Frank, Frankfurter? Or I don't know. What Frankfurt? It. Yeah, Frankfurt. That's it, Frankfurt. I'm thinking of hot dogs. We fly in, right? But our first show is in Belgium, an hour outside of France. That means we have to go from right. Frankfurt all the way across the entire country to basically the coastal line. It's a mad dash, right? Because there was a slight delay 
Then we had to pick up symbols at some DHL thing, which was actually, it was a corner store, like a food market. Mm-hmm. And we must have run around the block three or four times because we never, the sign was about as big as you put your thumb to thumb and your index finger to index <laughs> finger, said DHL deliveries here. I couldn't see it if it ran over me. But we finally found, thank God Mad T is the youngest one. His eyes are still good. I see it. I see it. Okay, so so we get it, you know, so, you know, and we're mad that, and then we, we run into a storm. Anyway, we're, we're there. Rain's pouring. We go to the club. You know, it's not exactly what we expected, but, you know, we're, we're making the best of it. It was kind of like playing in an old basement. <laughs> and I'm up on stage. We're hitting the first couple chords, and I go, man, I, this is just like playing at home. And I literally said this in my head as we're playing. I like I felt my body start to slump. And then all of a sudden I said to myself, wait a minute. Yeah, this is just like playing at home, but in Belgium. <laughs> and all of a sudden I got up and I'm like, man, I don't care where I'm at at this point. I'm in Belgium. And I, you know, right. and by that time we were traveling for a little more than a day and a half with no right, sleep. Right. And, you know, you ever try right. sleeping on a plane? Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, it's like trying to sleep. It's like trying to sleep with John Candy in uh, planes, trains, and automobiles. (laughs) It ain't happening, man. It ain't happening. So it's the worst. You're kind of like groggy, and you see your bass player roam in the plane, (laughs) roam in the plane. Then he disappears. When somebody else gets up, he'll sit down in their seat and and lounge out until the stewardess goes, "Excuse me, sir. Excuse me, sir." And you have to wake him up. What? Huh? Uh, This isn't your seat. You'll have to move. Oh, all right. I, I didn't know. I didn't. He didn't know. We're on a, <laughs> he didn't know. It's not first class, James. That definitely wasn't in our itinerary. You're lucky you get meals. So anyway, but yeah, it's it's that kind of thing. So you want to treat it with a certain amount of respect, you know. And um, it, there is this excitement to it, and uh, that mindset definitely helps uh, your interactions, both with yourself, your band, and the people that you're going to meet, because you're going to meet a lot of cool people. And yep. they don't know that you're just a local guy outside of Philadelphia, mm-hmm. right? Yep. It doesn't yep. make a difference. They're equating you to whatever they feel is is a certain status. You have to respect that. You really do. It's and it, You shouldn't make fun of it. You shouldn't joke about it. There's a certain amount of trust. They hate it. They came to see it. We played Hanover, and there was groups of people... And this was a shock to us. Honestly, this was a shock to us. There were groups of people that came out to see us specifically. And and mm-hmm. we were sitting there going, oh, man, this is amazing. I mean, yeah. like, who I mean, we yeah. did, listen, we we were under no delusion of grandeur that we were going to go there and, you know, come back Judas Priest. It just what you know, we were doing this as like as a I, I don't know, as I can't think of the word, but we were doing it as a way for us to show respect to the music that's been so good to us over the years. Like, this is where we wanted to go with this years ago, and for whatever reason, it didn't work. So this was our opportunity to, to bring that music to where we wanted it to be. So when we found out that there was people there to see us, we were like, wow, this is... I mean, it's just mind-boggling. Again, you're in Hanover, Germany, so it's not like being at home. It's way different, you know. It's I mean, way sure. Yeah. I mean, the gig is a gig, right? I mean, if you close your eyes, it's the same thing. It all depends on how you look at it, which mm-hmm. actually started changing our views of shows at home, right? Absolutely, you know? it does. Um, yep. And you put some perspective into things. You start realizing, and we talked about this in other episodes, that you don't have to take every gig. No, it starts nope. putting into perspective, and we talked about this on and off air, that you have to do gigs that 
Um, that makes sense. That makes sense for you, for the band, for the music, for what it is you're yeah. trying to achieve. How much lift are you going to get? Is it worth your time, effort? Is it more hassle than it's worth? And again, it's not saying, well, you're looking a gift horse in the mouth. You should just be happy. Somebody's letting you play. I get all that. But at some point, if you're going to have a strategy to what you do, you have to apply certain mindsets. That starts to play out in how you present your band and then how people perceive your band. Yep, it's true. There really is a huge difference in a band that has traveled whether they've only traveled within the United States, they've done parts of Canada or Mexico, or they have gone overseas, that band has changed forever because they're looking at things differently. They've experienced it on a much bigger plate. They realize that the sea is much bigger and they're just one little fish in it and how yep. much more of an impact you need to make. And then it makes everything that you do f that follows that better because you just raise the bar for yourself yep. you just raise the bar for yourself and i think that's a fantastic idea if you feel that you're maybe not achieving certain things that you would want to achieve you know mm -hmm. and you have to be able to appreciate them i know we're slightly on a different tangent here about what that traveling is like but it does make a difference it really does i'll tell you when we played the whiskey last year i really feel that we were able to enjoy it on a much different mental and spiritual level than we would have if we did not experience traveling overseas. You are listening to The Cosmic Voice with your hosts, Chris Natalini and Mick Michaels. I mean, listen, we, we had some problems while we were over there. There, there mm -hmm. was, we, we, had, we ran into several problems. I feel that if we were anything but what we were, and we caused a problem or we had all these egos, oh, I need this, I need that. I don't think we would have gotten the same treatment. Yeah, right? yeah I agree. So I agree. I'm a firm believer in that. Like, right, you, what goes around comes around type of thing. And it's best to play it nice, especially for safety's sake, you know, but it does come back to you. That's, I mean, again, like I said, not everything goes right, but you want to try to make as many things go right as you can. Yeah, yeah, and, you know, some things are uncontrollable, but, I mean, you know, it is what it is. There really isn't anything better, like you were saying, you know, when you guys are overseas, like there's nothing better that someone says to you, listen, like I traveled all this way just to see you guys. I mean, we've had the pleasure of being on a couple festivals and, we've, you know, when we played Germany last year, we had a guy come from Holland and he was like, listen, I came just to see you guys. I mean, you know, there's 10 other bands on the bill and, and awesome. you know, yeah. just, to, you know, just for someone to come that far and just to see us for 40, 45 minutes, whatever it was like, that's amazing, man. It just, it just makes it just makes you go, man, like all the crap and stuff that we, we took to get here. Right. Like someone's coming, you know, someone's coming all this way just to see us. It's, it's, it's amazing. amazing. It's yeah. amazing. And same thing. Like, and we talked about this in another episode. Nothing is better for a band than seeing somebody you've seen at another show. Like, yes. you know, I mean, you may not have catched their name, but hey, you know, and you recognize their face. They come up, they're talking. We had that in Germany as well. We had a guy, he was out to three of our shows. It was pretty awesome. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. I was like, yeah. whoa, yeah. you know, again, I mean, how do you, how do you, how do you relay the feeling of that? It's just, it's you amazing. Can't. You yeah. have to experience, you have to experience you have it yourself. Experience it. You really can't. Yeah. Like when yeah. you realize that you're not home, you're someplace else in a different time zone and you know, different, different million world, miles away, million miles away, completely different culture. And you're like, it's just amazing. It really is. And I would recommend it. If you can do it, you do it. 
I mean, we can have another episode on how you go about doing stuff like that. But if you booked a show here in your local town in the States, if you've done an East Coast or West Coast tour, Midwest, whatever it is, you can do that as well. Don't expect to have it in a week. you got to allot yourself some time. When I did my first West Coast tour, it took about 10 months as well to get that together. Again, because of that magnitude, even here in the States, what I wanted to achieve, I needed enough time to make sense of it all, to make sure that I was picking the right stuff to do, right? I mean, I've done New England tours, and sometimes you can get those together, but still, you're, you're talking a couple month lead time. I mean, because you, you want right. promo time, you have to give yourself promo time. Have to give yourself yeah. promo time, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. especially unless you've been there or have a hit song or, you know, you were part of a bigger group at one time that was there, nobody knows who you are. Right. Right? So you need some of that lead time. Just because it's your tour doesn't mean you have to be the headliner. Right. Right? And I'm a firm believer in that, man. I'd rather open up. It's less stress. You get to enjoy a little bit more. Now, we've done a mixture when we were overseas, even when we did the UK, and even when we do shows here in the States, we do a mixture of it. You got to test the waters, right? Again, yeah. no delusions. Now, you guys are different, right? I mean, because you, like mm -hmm. we talked about, you guys have a name. You know, you're running a legacy there. Headlining makes sense, right? Yes. For us, mm -hmm. Definitely. it depends yeah. on where we're at, right? It really does depend on where we're at. But for the most part, I enjoy being a support band. I really do. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like, here's that idea of, you want to be an underdog? That's okay. You want to have that Rocky Balboa type of underdog thing? Right, 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 right. So you hit them hard, you hit them fast, you leave them hanging, and that's it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you get, to enjoy, yeah. you get to enjoy the rest of the night and, you know, maybe make some, some connections with people. You make something at the merch table, whatever it is. You, you make some fans. I, I like that. That's me. You know what I mean? I don't have to feed my ego to be a headliner everybody oh i'm the headliner okay you go on later i'm usually at the headline <laughs> slot i'm i'm already starting to fall asleep uh, you know what i mean i'm at that age you, you, but you know what like headlining is way different now than it was back when you back know when we base. were yeah. up and coming like you know like you literally like you just said headliner now is you're going on late like back in the day when you know when we were up and coming like that headliner was the that was the slot to have yeah. nowadays a headliner or last band goes on super late after, you know, seven or eight bands. Right, yeah. I mean, I don't remember any more than three bands back in the day. For the that most is part. absolutely true. Right. Yep. There was the yep. op opening band, which actually was a coveted slot, like, especially mm -hmm. if, yep. if you were opening for someone of local stature, regional stature. Mm -hmm. Then there was mm -hmm. that, you know, 9, 9.30, 10 o'clock prime slot. And then mm -hmm. the closing band. And the closing band was usually a newer band. That was mm -hmm. that had to yeah. make their bones. Yeah. They wanted that because they were working out their stage show. They were working out the the kinks in their set, all that kind of stuff. Like everything had a purpose, and but there were still people there because it was yeah. early enough. Different time, yeah. A different time, you know. I mean, it was a show, right? There were many shows, and that's what made our area. I know. I mean, a lot of areas, you know, L.A. and New York, and but down here in you know Philly and Jersey, that was some of the hot stuff, man. That was yeah, oh, you know, 100%, some, some of your 100%. favorite bands of the time yeah. were local and regional bands. Yeah, you know, yeah. some of them did go on to to bigger things, and uh, and some of them they didn't, but they were still favorite bands. One of my favorite bands yeah. here was World War Three. 
Yeah, yep. you know. Mm-hmm. I, to this day, I still listen to them. I I love their stuff. Mm-hmm. I love it. Yeah, I got my harmonics from Sledge. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, anyway, again, in our area, like in the early '80s, early to mid '80s, what the Dead End Kids were gigantic here. Yeah, yep. You know, I mean, and, yeah. and, and so many bands took a cue from them. So many mm-hmm. Philly bands, you know. It's so it's it's amazing. But yeah, man, that opportunity, if you can do it, I'd say you do it. It's not an easy task to tackle, but I'm telling you, at the end, you feel real good about it. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of The Cosmic Voice. If you would like any more information about us, head over to thecosmicview.com and click on the Cosmic Voice link. Of course, you can always head over to our Facebook page, and there you could submit a question to us that Mick and I will answer on a future episode. Plus, make sure you head over to that place you get all your podcast needs and hit that subscription button so you never miss an episode of The Cosmic Voice. We are currently on sites such as Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Anchor, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts, plus many more. Thank you so much for tuning in. We will see you next week. You're listening to The Cosmic Voice. Music, talk, and nothing but business.